Welcome, welcome, welcome to the No Layups Podcast. This is your host, No Layups, and we're back. I mean, it's been a long time. Some of my long-term listeners know I had a podcast pre-pandemic time. Um, I was a freshman in my first semester of college that year when I had my old pod. Now I'm a senior in my first semester of my senior year, about to finish up. So it's been a while. I guess um, you can say this is... No Layups 2.0, presented by the m Network. So shout out to my boys, Malcolm and Ron, for this platform and opportunity. And let's just dive right into it. I've been itching to talk some basketball. So let's just start off with the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, they're my favorite team. And we've been very, um, you could say, controversial this year. Very controversial. So just looking into it, currently the Brooklyn Nets are 7-9 and nine on the season. I mean, coming off a nice, well-fought victory last night. 109-107 victory over the Portland Trailblazers, who are currently the best team in the West, who myself and others pretty much underrated. I didn't even think Portland – I thought it was realistic that they might have even missed the playoffs. And look at them now. They're top of the West. So I was gladly mistaken. Um, They don't even have GP2 back yet, so I'm interested to see what goes on when he gets back. Maybe that's another episode in the future. But let's just look at the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, currently we're – we have a below-average offense this season. We have a below-average defense. And it's just been a consistent – it's just been consistently something going on. Something's not right. Ben injuries. Kyrie hasn't been here half the season. Seth injuries. Joe being injured, still recovering from injury. It's just been a bunch of a bunch of BS, to say the least. Um, Starting off the year, the Nets just – Start off bad. You get you get blown out by the Pelicans opening night. Food, 130 points put up on your head. I mean, you bounce back two nights later and beat the Raptors. But, and Hartford victory, you lose to the Grizzlies. You blow the game versus the Bucks. You lose to the Mavs. And the, the breaking point was you lose to the Indiana Pacers, who are actually surprising teams this year. So, maybe the loss... Maybe we'll look back and say, okay, that loss isn't as bad. But as of right now, I still think that's a terrible loss. Even though it was some crazy shooting. Like, they shot even better than the 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019 Golden State Warriors that night. But all in all, you still um, you still lose. So, you're already starting off bad. I mean, that's one, two, three, four, five losses already and one victory. And then you win the next game versus the Pacers. You fire Steve Nash, which he should have at that point because Steve just – he just didn't recognize, like, okay, you want to start Ben and Claxton together. Cool, that's fine. But when Ben's playing with Daron Sharp, like, come on now. He literally was only having Ben, a non-shooter, a prolific non-shooter, play with other non-shooting bigs. So, like – you're you just by not by nature you're just hurting the offense and you just consistently do it and you're not even getting the defensive lift because the way those guys play defense isn't in sync to really floor raise the defense. I mean, Ben made his defense a reputation on perimeter defense, not interior defense. And Claxton, yes, he can provide some rim protection, but he's still a versatile defender. He's not really that 
traditional rim protector, Gobert-like defender, or especially in the post or just in the rim all day. So you have two versatile defenders, which are good to raise your ceiling defensively, push the ceiling, but you need someone to push the floor. And we just didn't have that. And then you constantly killing the offense by playing two non-shooters, non-floor spacers. So it's just all in all, I mean, then you look at the Ben Simmons point, Ben's recovering from injury, Ben already recovered from injury, being very passive per usual um, for the most part. Then you try to run some sets with them and Claxton on the floor. It's just very clunky, very unorganized. It looked like everybody was just thinking what to do, what to do. And it just wasn't right. Then you especially trying to play Ben in a Draymond role. And that's not an easy role to play. I thought he would be able to play it, especially looking at like how Bruce Brown was able to play it. But it's an art to it. And we should really give guys like Bruce and Draymond more credit for their skills offensively because the ability to set screens, the ability to roll natural, the ability to make quick decisions off those reads, it's just, it's just something I really didn't appreciate or think took that much skill until I saw Ben Simmons playing that role for majority of the season up to this point, and it wasn't good. And then we look at the Nets offense, which is below average with a 112.8 um, offensive rating, which... The offensive rating for the league is 113, so you could say, well, they're basically an average offense. I mean, who cares? This this offense is still underperforming, and a lot of that is tributed to a multitude of things. I mean, let's just think about this. Joe Harris is a career 43% three-point shooter. He's only shooting 35% for the season. Yes, you could say his gravity, you know, helps the defense, the spacing and stuff, but still you have to hit shots for that rating to go up. Hitting shots still matters. Oh, Kevin Durant, he hovered most of this year at 28%, high 20s. I mean, now he's sitting at 34%, but even him, he's a career 40% three-point shooter. We look at Kyrie Irving, as spectacular as he was playing for those eight games he played for the most part, he's only shooting 28% from three. I mean, you could say some of this is just bad luck, which I attribute it to, which could be a sign that, I mean, better things are to come, which I'll touch on later with some analytics stuff that points to the next win projections. But so far, the offense has just been underwhelming. And then you have Nash on top of that to start the year just playing too many, too many, too many, too big lineups. It, it just was pathetic. I mean, shout out to Jock Vaughn, who basically said, all right, Ben got injured. We started rolling. Ben and Claxton, you know, they both would swap at the five. They were very rarely play on the floor together. And it's been working for the offense, at least. I mean, for the most part, we've been winning a lot since Jacques Vaughn's been there. I mean, we did have a terrible blowout loss the other night. But, I mean, we bounced back. And it it, it just it just feels like something isn't there. I mean, Royce O'Neal has had to take on too much of ball handling duties um, with the absence of Kyrie Irving to his own demise. So that's pretty much hurt the team. And Cam Thomas has looked good, but Cam Thomas um, has a lot of scoring blindness. So when Cam isn't hitting, he's forcing up shots, missing reads, and is leading to transition opportunities for the defense. You you really can't play him that much. And Edmund Sumner, and I, I love him when he's playing good, but come on now. I mean, he's is he a top 200 player in the NBA as your starting guard he's not then you have you can't start Patty Mills because he gives up too much on the defensive end and he doesn't provide any more ball handling so 
you have all of that, and then you have, okay, you say you have, well, put your ball in Kevin Durant more, hands more. You don't really want KD playing a heliocentric, Luka, LeBron, Magic style of offense. He's a majority off-ball weapon, and his handle really isn't that tight. I mean, you go back to the Lakers game, and Pat Beverly was just hounding him, forcing him to give up the ball, stripping him some. Westbrook, same thing. So you really can't have him handling the ball that much. So when Kyrie returns Sunday, it should be great with alleviating some of the pressure and ball handling duties of these guys. You know, Royce showed some ball handling duties, which will be good attacking closeout and stuff. Seth has some, but you really, those guys are just dribbling too, too, too much, uh, too much at this point. And then let's just look at the defense. The defense for the team is, is just, frankly, it's just terrible. Um, It's below average. So I guess you could say it isn't really, really, really terrible. It's um a little below average, not 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 too much, but just it just hasn't been good. I mean, you can say that um well they went on the stretch for being the number one defense when Kyrie got hurt, but that was just fool's goal at that point. I mean, to touch on that, you know, that's that running around was running around for a little minute before the Kings game and it was just us playing bad offenses. Bad offenses naturally make your defense look better. Yes, they did have a good defensive performance against the Mavericks that game. That was great. We should have won. Katie blew the free throws. I mean, it happens. That was a great defensive performance. But that isn't indicative of our defense overall because, I mean, like I said, look at the Kings game. This team really struggles. I mean, this team really doesn't have an elite rim protector. Claxton would be great as a secondary rim protector, as a helper, but he makes his mainstay defensively with his versatility, ability to switch and all of that. He does add some solid rim protection. Then you have Ben. I mean, Ben at the start of the season did not look good on defense. He didn't know when to, to play that um big role defensively in the pick and roll with another guard because he's such a great perimeter defender. That's what he made his mainstay on. Having to play that anchor role isn't easy. Not everybody can do the Draymond, um, play that anchor role great, or the Gobert. I mean, he's gotten better. Last night he showed some flashes and more understanding. He looks more healthier recently too, so hopefully he keeps it up. But even Ben playing the five and stuff, you still have a lack of, traditional rim protection which to have a great defense for the most part especially historic level you need elite rim protection like even look at boston this year their defense has taken a tremendous drop without robert williams so this team just doesn't have that so we should be looking at some assets hopefully we can find a way to do the miles turner trade but you know Sean Marcy ruined that with the Royce O'Neal deal and the trade player exception. So hopefully we can f- find a way for that or maybe y'all could portal. And that will help the defense some. But it, it just a poor defensive infrastructure defensively. I mean, Kyrie Irving, when he played, was literally our best guard defender. Joe Harris plays the perimeter defense. He's not He's not good. He, he may be slightly below average. Sumner has uh, solid, but eh, he gets cooked. Patty, Cone, Seth, eh, he isn't a cone, but he isn't that much better than a cone. So, literally, when Kyrie Irving is your best perimeter defender, that causes the defense to literally be in constant rotation because it's just it's just a blow-by constantly. And then these guys, the team overall, every time they play an athletic or explosive guard, 
it, it it's a problem. Is it's just really a problem. They can't contain the ball, which constantly puts everyone else in rotation, and we don't have a plethora of even good defenders on the wing. I mean, KD has been good defensively this year. Um, Royce O'Neal does Royce O'Neal things. I mean, he struggles versus those explosive guards too, but he's solid, you know, guarding wings and stuff. You have Royce Claxton uh, on the interior when we go against true bigs. I mean, look at the Kings game. Sabonis had a field day with them just one-on-one. Ben Simmons, I mean, he can guard the perimeter and the wings. Um, he's looking better now um, as he looks more healthy and stuff, especially last night when him and KD just held Dame and Jeremy Grant to 4 for 20 from the field in the second half. So hopefully that's indicative of things to come. But even then, you still have certain problems with him defensively because he cannot, you know, frankly – Anchor like a Draymond, run protect like a Draymond, um, and all of that. He's helping. He does what he can, but he's also someone recovering from injury. So this team just, this team just really isn't good defensively. And I think the quicker the team accepts that, either accept it or make a trade, so is one or the other. It will be better because you know you shouldn't focus too much on trying to be great at everything in basketball. Teams usually are literally they're great at defense or they're great at offense. It's not it's very rare where it's both. I'm trying to be too good at both things leads to mediocrity. So hopefully this team could just say, Hey, you know, we don't have the great defensive infrastructure. So let's just let's just go all in on the offense and spacing and movement and passing. I mean the ball movement for this team was just great. Um even look at last night, the ball was swinging there attacking the help on KD very much better with ball movement instead of the constant indecision that we've seen before. So once this team truly finds an identity, which I think is there, they just haven't bought into yet, Oh, it'll be better. It, it should definitely be better. Jock Vaughn has done a way better job, and the team has given him a lot more effort than they gave Steve Nash and stuff, even though I do think – we blew some games with Steve Nash, and I don't think we were as bad as we looked with him. Losses is losses, and we have low margin for error. So this team, this team is very interesting. I, I'm not all out on the Nets like some people. I mean, coming into the season, I really said like, okay, we we are probably the fourth best team in the East. We probably go out in the second round, and and as we you know, go forward, I I don't see any reason to think different. I mean, the best-case scenario is Ben keeps this up. KD, KD, Joe, Kai start to hit like their normal rates. Kai comes back great. KD just stays KD. And, you know, maybe this team can potentially make the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, I can see an avenue where we beat where we beat the Milwaukee Bucks in a series just attacking their drop coverage and, being lights out, and we usually guard them pretty well. Giannis does Giannis things, but we pretty much limit everyone else, especially with our switching and stuff. So that will be interesting. I wouldn't rule that out just yet, but let's just be quite frank. Worst-case scenario is this team just never finds its stride, bends up and down, Kyrie in and out the lineup, the shooters, I mean, don't really reach their maximum. We just constantly – don't make any moves to improve the team and just up and down, up and down, up and down. And this team ends up facing a, a Boston Milwaukee in the first round and, and goes home early again. I mean, this team really isn't a first round 
exit type of team, I don't think. But, I mean, would it surprise any of us if they go home in the first round? Would it surprise you if they lose to Philly? No. Would it surprise you if they lose to the Cavs? No. I'm not even that big on Miami, and it wouldn't surprise me if we even lose to Miami. And that's saying something because I don't think that Miami is really that good. So, on top of all of that, it's just it's – just, that's the worst case scenario. It's just an early playoff exit, and we're looking in the mirror like – it's over. Kyrie's out of here. I still think Kyrie's out of here regardless this offseason with everything that's going on. Um, KD, KD demands another trade. I mean, at that point, you just have to trade him, and you can get assets because it'll be before the draft and stuff. Ben Ben doesn't really find his form, and you're stuck with, the at that point, a bad contract. So do we have to pair a pick to get rid of him at that point? So it's just a lot. It's just a lot that's going on with this team. Um, on both ends of the floor. I still think it's a lot more upside on the offense. I do think it's a world where we are a top 10 offense and a mediocre defense. And I think that's honestly the best case scenario for the Nets at this point with everything that's going on in the current roster construction. But don't don't sleep on the team. I mean, I dived into some analytics the other day, um, some advanced analytics that's does some luck adjusting um, team projections. So, you know, it, it counts for the outlier shooting games like a Indiana had versus us and, you know, outlier bad shooting performances like how we were shooting below average at the start of the season. And these luck adjusted win pace it stats has us around 54 wins i mean i looked at this a week ago some things could have changed could have got better but it had us hovering around 54 wins which was the fifth best in the league at the time i mean phoenix was first cleveland was second uh, boston was third dallas was fourth it has around 54 wins so is that a good sign i mean as a nets fan i'm taking that as a good sign that okay, that maybe we're not as bad as the record shows and we can end up hitting a stride and upsetting teams and the quality of our team is actually better than the record because I don't think record necessarily shows how good or bad your team is in totality. I mean, you know, you need the film and you need the context. You need everything with it. But overall, this team is just very, very interesting. I really hope they can turn it around for my sake, for Nets fans' sake, even for KD's sake and – Kyrie because we want to see great players on great teams and be great even Ben like Ben was a three-time all-star all NBA all defensive first team like Ben Simmons can play basketball does he have his flaws yes but he can play basketball so overall I I do predict the team to mm, I don't know what seed they will be but I do predict this team being a uh having a tough first round and winning, but having a tough second round and probably losing in maybe five or six games, series, depending on who they play. Um, Ideally, it would probably be Boston or Milwaukee. So we'll see about that. I mean, if they can play a Cleveland in the second round, then then we may be looking at the Eastern Conference Finals. We may be. I mean, don't get me started. And then as I keep talking, I'll talk us into a Finals contender. So I don't really want to do that. But – I just say really keep your eye on for this team. Um, it has a lot going on. It has to improve. Keep an eye out because this is it. This it this is really it. This is it, it, it may be the end for an era if we don't see any signs, positive signs as a Nets fan. So 
don't forget to comment subscribe um share with the friend and, and tell me your thoughts how do you think the nets will end up this season would they be better would they be worse should we be happy or should we just expect everything to be blown up by <laughs> at this point by trade deadline so we shall see um once again this is your boy no layups um no layups podcast 2.0 um shout out to the mnr show check out the other shows in the network and have a great day